everyone hear me? How about now? Now? Can everyone hear me? All right. So, um, in reading this message and going over the information, um, my topic tonight is on chapter 10 of The Unshakable Hope. So, I think, can't remember which one of the other speakers, it might have been Ron, that was talking about this book. If you, um, if you haven't read this book or you don't have it, it's a really, and I've only read two chapters so far, but the one that I needed in Renee's, but um, it is really, really good. I do plan to read the entire book, but it's The Unshakable Hope, and I promise anybody who wants to read it once I'm finally done reading, you're welcome to use it and read it um, and go over it. So a couple things that I'm going to do first is I do teach some uh, professionally, but not in church. So <laughs> this is a little different for me. And uh, again, like um, John said, the pastor stole a lot of my information this morning. So, But that's all right. The, I guess the way that God spoke to me was a little different than he gave the message to the pastor. So our messages are just a little bit different. Some of the same stuff, but it is a little different. What I'm going to do first is um, I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I was telling the guys in our Sunday school class this morning that uh, we were talking just about reading the Bible and things like that and how God will speak to you through the word. And I was looking over a few things this morning and reading my Bible lesson. I hate to admit this, but I normally read it, my Sunday school lesson on Sunday mornings before I come into church. So I kept saying, I'm going to read it earlier, read it earlier, but normally that's the time that I have and I'll read it. So um, God gave me a passage of scripture, I feel he did, that I'm going to read first and then we're going to have a special song that I'm not going to sing, but um, Mr. Billy Huddleston's going to sing a song that's really related to the, the message that I'm, that I'm giving. So Psalms 139 verse 1 through 5 is the passage of scripture that I got this morning. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from, for, from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. And I think I went a little further than I said I was going, but I went to about 9. So Psalms 139, 1 through 5 is what I was looking for. This next special song is from uh, Billy Huddleston and it's called Go Before Me so if you guys will play that now When I wake up in the morning before the day comes calling there's you The 
The first person that I talk to, the only one I look to, is you. I need you. There's peace in the knowing you've been where I'm going. Go before me, walk beside me, take my hand and lead me where I need to be. When my heart is hurting and the way's uncertain, I will trust you, I will follow From here into tomorrow Go before me When the road is rough and winding There's a light ahead that's shining Lord, it's you Many trials, many troubles, I need you, Lord, I need you. There's peace in the knowing you've been where I'm going. Go before me, walk beside me, take my song before it's a really really good song um my teens may not like it but uh, i think they would understand the the words behind it we took a few teens to sweet frog the other night and i mentioned um this to the team that we had um and we we did this before but we talked about leading into worship with music and why we do that you know just to invite the spirit in and you know feel the presence of God here as you deliver the message. So um, I really thought that song would do what I needed for this message. 
uh, chapter 10 uh, talks about the temporary tomb, and that's what I'm going to go over tonight. Go before me, walk beside me, take my hand, and lead me where you want me to go. I will trust you, I will follow. So those words are just a slight glimpse of what God has done for us already. He takes the lead. He does everything first for us. He's already been there and done it. So all we need to do is trust with that small bit of faith and trust in God. This Max Licato wrote this book on um, the unshakable hope. And he tells a story in the first part of chapter 10 on the temporary tomb. It's about him going to talk to a wife that was losing her husband. And I was like, huh. So, well, you know, I've got a story like that. I'm not going to use his story. I'm going to use my own. So I'm going to go through, and hopefully I'll get all this together. So when I was preparing for the message um, in our bathroom, I, I write notes on the mirror with a, a um, dry erase marker. And I do it for a lot of things, to remind me of things, to measure my weight, uh, just to remind me of, you know, just weirdness. But uh, I wrote on there, Jesus was busy. He had two things to do, teach the disciples and die for our sins. He accomplished them both. So why is this lesson so hard for me to prepare, <laughs> right? So it just was a, a reminder to me that I have things to do, so I need to get them done. Um, I'm going to start at the end. I will let you know that death has been defeated. Uh, the Christian hope depends entirely upon the assumption that Jesus Christ died a physical death. He vacated an actual grave and ascended into heaven, where he at this moment reigns as the head of the church. The resurrection changed everything. If we embrace this promise, it changes our own eternity. There will come a moment where we pass from this life to the next. No more struggle with no more no more struggle with the earth, no more shame before God, no more tension before people, no more death. This is our hope for tomorrow, but it can bring strength to us today. Our finest moment will be our final moment. We have a promise from the living God that our death will be swallowed up in victory. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, not just to show us his power, but also to reveal our path. He will lead us through the valley of death. So that led me right into um, another passage of, of scripture that I'm going to read to you guys. It's also Psalms 23. Anyone familiar with that one? I think everybody could probably quote that one. Psalms 23, and I'm just going to read one verse from that. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Like I said, God's been there. Jesus has been there. Jesus came to this earth. He was crucified. He died, and he rose again. He has already been where we're going. Our hope to be unshakable depends on knowing that Jesus died and rose from the grave that ascended into heaven so I have a few questions for you um, and you don't have to answer them out loud because I'm going to answer my own questions I do that sometimes uh, do you have struggles on this earth do you have pain depression addiction loss of a loved one 
sometimes I feel that God put me in a position to, um, I guess in my life, I've not had a lot of pain, never had a broken bone. Um, I've never been shot, stabbed, on drugs, anything like that. But I have been with a lot of people who have. So I feel like uh, sometimes God put me in that position to help those people get through what they're going through. Um, and I really, you know, I like being in that spot and not on the other side. So hopefully I don't go outside and these things happen to me. Um, Christ rose from the When you die, you can, if you believe in God, you can be resurrected and live eternally with him. As I read, as I read that throughout the book, I wrote a big W-O-W in my notes, like, wow. You know, just kind of opening up my eyes for different things. Jesus Christ lived. He suffered and he died. And this Jesus is teaching us a very important lesson. Because the story does not stop there, Jesus rose from the dead. And this he is teaching us, or more like showing us what we should do. I think of the phrase, good leaders lead by example. So... He didn't just say, this is what you need to do. He actually went out and did it. Um, Was Jesus' death painful? I would say that it was. Will will your death be painful? I'm sure that it will. For some of the the people in here that have been close to death, you've experienced pain before. So you know some of that that you may go through. Uh, Will you be full of anxiety? In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it reads, It is appointed to man once to die. This is a promise from the Bible. So, all good messages have a story. And if anyone's read chapter 10, does anybody read chapter 10? Okay, so you know about the story that uh, the pastor went to see the, um, the wife as the husband was dying, and he died as he got into the room. Um, so... In my story, and hopefully this is something that's interesting, I feel is my story. A lot of you guys don't know a lot of my background, but you're going to know more than you want to know right now, probably. (laughs) Um, I was raised by a single mother, along with my brother and sister, and any other neighborhood kids that happened to be around. Um, My mom was heavily supported by my grandfather. So, Sonny Boy, Brunson, and Thelma. Uh, I would say that Sonny Boy Brunson was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. And, you know, I just put what is an atheist because initially I put it agnostic, but that's a little different. Um, He didn't believe in God. Uh, A person who disbelieves or lacks belief in the existence of God. I could tell lots of stories of my grandfather, but he was really an awesome man. Uh, My grandmother, she would take me to church. I can remember playing with old matchbox cars on the wooden floor of the church as the Baptist preacher would preach. Um, And he he was really preaching. I can remember sometimes looking up from playing with my cars and, you know, actually listening a little bit. Uh, Back then, some Baptist preachers really were strong in their messages. And there may be a few left now, but... Uh, I wouldn't know because Renee hadn't me, let me go to another church in about 10 years or so, so probably more like 20, she says. Uh, she converted me to a Nazarene. 
Um, my grandparents ran a bar, or more like a neighborhood gathering spot. They had entertainment and booze, and sometimes it was uh, the untaxed kind. So, show slide number two. So, in this message, I put, where do you want to be found? Or in this slide. So, my grandmother, she had me in church. Like, every Sunday I'd go to church, and uh, she'd tell me stories about, you know, I always liked how the um, little old ladies smell. I'd smell their perfume, or I would um, play with their stockings or whatever. <laughs> and uh, But I was in church with my grandmother, but with my grandfather, we were in a bar. Um, and, you know, he was just teaching me how to make money, you know, how to, you know, sell things and clean up and buy stuff and do whatever. So sometimes I seem a little strange. I can say I had some interesting developmental years. In all accounts, I consider my grandfather my father. He provided, <laughs> he provided for all of us. He protected us. He was a great man in my eyes. He was the best man at mine and Renee's wedding. So, uh, around 87 years old, he was suddenly ill. A man who was never sick, he was rushed to the hospital and was evaluated to find that he had a dissecting aorta. Uh, a man who did not believe in God. But, like many people that I've been with that have been sick or injured or hurt, stabbed, shot, on drugs, in their time of need, in their time of death, who do they call on? They call on God, and so did my grandfather. So, I believe in that moment God heard his cry. I prayed that God heard him. I believe that he did. I believe I will see him again one day, and I will thank him for what he did for me. So, um, page 105 of the book, it talks about who just left in your life. So did someone just leave you that you knew was a Christian or that they professed God right before they died? Um, show slide number three or to the next slide. So sometimes you may get this chance, as my grandfather did. Um, you may have the, the pastor or a church member at your bedside that's going to pray for you or help you, help lead you through. Or maybe uh, at some point my grandmother was there at the bed or with him and she mentioned hey you know you really should go to church with us you know something struck him he heard about God somewhere to be able to cry out for God to help him so um or, or you may be in this next situation which is on the next slide so this may happen to you so you may not have that opportunity um you know in my line of work I see young people really young that die that are at the age of accountability they should know God or they should be able to profess God and then you know some older ones but this may be your your case you may not be as fortunate as this so Sonny Boy without knowing followed Jesus' lead and laid in a temporary tomb to be risen up and taken into paradise 
Jesus faced death. He entered into death and conquered death so that we may have life. He brought about the death of death. Um, in another portion, and I have a, a lot of resources that I went to to try to prepare this information, and one was, death is a cruel and intruding enemy on the human race. So it's something we all have to face. It's cruel, sometimes it's painful, um, but we all have to go there. And then uh, another message, guess what? Jesus defeated death and rose from the grave. Lots of people saw him, and that was the point I was mentioning earlier. But I started numbering all the people that saw Jesus after he was resurrected. And I just kept going and going, and then I was like, okay, well, it says disciples and others. Well, was it all the disciples? Was it just a few of them? And then it says uh, another place where 500 people at once saw him, James saw him, the disciples saw him. But everyone knew and saw that he was dead and placed in the tomb. And then they also saw him in his resurrected body. So just envision yourself as you were meant to be, completely whole. And envision this earth as it was intended to be. No more struggle, no more shame before God, no more tension between people, and no more curse. So in the song we were singing this morning... Uh, I wrote this note down real quick, and I'm sure Renee's like, why is he writing that down? But it just kind of spoke to me. And haste the day that by faith, that by faith shall be sight. So one day, we're, we're, we're faithful that we're going to be resurrected and, and meet Jesus, and one day we're going to see him. <laughs> Have you found the unshakable hope in the face of death? You can. Hit the next slide. Jesus walked the path through death into everlasting life. Jesus is saying to you, will you follow me? So he's led. He's, he's been an awesome teacher. He told us what we should do. Will you follow me? What is keeping you from receiving Jesus Christ today? Um, I know you hear that a lot in church services. But you saw slide number two and three. You know, you could say, well, I'm waiting for I'm not sure what, but I'm waiting. Um, I'm not ready. Uh, you may get that opportunity for someone to sit there with you and um, bring you into the kingdom, but you may not also. Um, and the pastor brought up an awesome, I think it was this morning. I'm not getting my things mixed up. Um, about your, you being recreated in a spiritual body. No matter where you're going, you're going to have an eternal body. You may be eternally in heaven or eternally in hell. So, I'm trying to decipher my notes for a second here. Okay. I'm going to read another passage of scripture from Matthew 25. 31 through 46. My finger's cold. It won't let me uh, close the screen. All right, Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46.
this is pretty familiar passage of scripture too. The sheep and the goats. So as you notice, I'm looking uh, to the side of the church and this is going to be my left side and you guys are going to be on my right. And I'm pretending to be um, reading what Jesus is saying. I need to stop at some point. Number 40, okay. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All of the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. I'm glad there's no one sitting up there. I'd ask him to move. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, we did. We see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink. When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needed and clothe you? When did we see the sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of the brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So I thought that was a really, really good passage of scripture that would help with this message. Then he said to those on my left, Depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or needing clothing or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. Your hope depends not on the physical death and resurrection. Just showed, Jesus showed us how to live. Jesus showed us the way to paradise by leaving that temporary tomb. So we're going to watch a short video, and then I'm going to give it up to the pastor. Doesn't it make sense? I mean, just doesn't it make common sense that you know your destination? I've, I've traveled quite a bit in my life. I've sat on hundreds of commercial planes and flights. I've struck up hundreds of conversations with fellow passengers. And I think every conversation, either I get asked or I ask a certain question. Anybody want to guess what that question is? Where are you headed? Where are you going? Doesn't it always get asked? 
I've asked it, and I've noticed something. Every single time the traveler to whom I ask the question can answer that. Every time. I have never, ever had somebody hear that question and look at me and say, hmm, well, um, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Hmm, where am I going? I've never had somebody say, oh, brother, brother, I don't know. I'm just along for the journey, baby. Just, just enjoying the journey. Just, just enjoying the ride, man. I haven't had anybody get all, you know, intellectual on me and say, well, nobody can really know. <laughs> nobody. I mean, we might think we know, but look around, nobody really knows. Everybody knows. Everybody understands that the purpose of the plane is to get that person from one point to the other. To the other. Do you understand, dear child of God, that the purpose of this life is not this life? It's not. If you think the purpose of this life is this life, then this life is going to stink. And you'll lurch from one disappointment to the other because this life won't satisfy your deepest longing. It never was intended to. The promise of God is that your deepest longings of community, of fulfillment, of purity, of joy, of knowing your creator, knowing why you're here, these deep, deep longings of life, those will be realized in the next kingdom when Christ returns, when your body is reunited with the spirit in this universe is made perfect like it was intended to. Your God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And this love is made manifest in the fact that he issues you an invitation. Not a requirement, but an invitation. And that is, come. Come with me. It's beautiful. But he's ever the gentleman, and he will not force you to do this. And those who inhabit the next kingdom will be those who have had, in this life, said yes to the invitation of Christ. Have you? If you want to make sure you have, after my message, we're going to have an opportunity for you to pray with somebody and just make certain. If you have and you know it, then can I urge you, just stand on that promise. Just stand on it. And the next time that old body begins to creak and hurt, or, or the next time you stand at the graveside of somebody you love, just remember that death has been swallowed up in victory. I spent some time a few weeks ago in the office of a cemetery director. Another birthday had convinced me that I needed to make preparations. I realized I, I, I don't have a place picked out. And so I thought, I better go look at burial plots. And so I told Deanlin, and, and off I went, and I was surprised how much that dirt cost, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to use it very long. But still, 
So I had this idea, and I, and I told the, the, the cemetery director, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I've got this idea. I'm wondering, would it be possible for me to record a message that could somehow be embedded into the gravestone so that if and when somebody comes to see my burial spot, I can tell them something. Maybe just they could push a button <laughs> and hear my voice. Well, to his credit, he didn't think I was crazy. He actually said, I think I've heard of that. Let me work on it. And three or four days later, he called me. He said, I've got good news. There is a company that will take a recording device and encase it in a granite headstone. And you can have a button. You can record a message in your voice and, and people can push a button and hear what you have to say. And so I think I'm going to do it. I, 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 I'm thinking that somewhere beneath my name and the date of birth and, and date of death will be I, can we, maybe a red button. A red button that you push and says, for a message from Max, you know, press this button. And I've been working on it. I haven't, I, I haven't finished it, okay? And I haven't recorded it. Um, but I'm thinking it might sound something like this. Tell me what you think. You come up to the gravestone. There's the button. You push it, and you hear my voice saying this. Thanks for coming by. Sorry you missed me. I'm not here. I'm home. I'm finally home. At some point, my king will call and this grave will be shown for the temporary tomb it is. So you might want to step to the side in case that happens while you're here. Again, I really appreciate the visit. And I'm hoping you've made plans for your own departure. All the best, Max. Like I say, it needs a little bit of work for sure. But the promise, it's spot on. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful promise. And upon this promise, we renew our commitment. And to you, we renew our hearts. Gracious Father, stand with us as we look into the future. Remind us that you have promised that you will lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. And grant those who have never said yes to you the courage to do so, the wisdom to do so. We beg you, Father, call them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Marcus did a pretty good job, didn't he? I don't understand.